again, and welcome to another episode of the Searchers Podcast. It's me, Kevin. I'm here with Chris. Say hello, Chris. Hey, everybody. And I'm also here with Ben. Say hello. Howdy. And also, we have our very first special guest on this episode. Yep, a special guest that I have known from Letterboxd for a little while now. She has her own podcast called Watch This List, and she recently did a newer series called Insomnia Cinema, highly worth checking out. This individual's name is Amy Henserling. Say hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's hi, a good everybody. one. A good one. <laughs> Way it. to break the ice. <laughs> uh, Christopher, I was going to say, are you just pitching Unplugged because that's the one that you were on? Because um, that, that makes sense that that would be the one that you'd prefer since you were ep two with me. Well, I, I was hopefully plugging in the original first, which is watch mm, this okay. list, right? Right. And then, yeah. yes, of course, because I got to guest star on the second episode of Unplugged, which was awesome. Yes. So thank so thank you. <laughs> yes. That and now I'm returning the favor. And now you're returning the favor. I was about to say that. Great minds. But I no, <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled and honored. And uh this is uh this is really cool. And I'm glad that the first time I'm a part of this, it's with a movie that uh is just a delight. What are we recording? I guess Amy, you can answer that <laughs> since you're uh we, we haven't said that yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm getting ahead of things then. Uh, well, do, you want me to say, do you want me to say what the film is? Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you oh. do it. Go ahead, Amy. <laughs> oh, okay. Ah, man, I'm, y'all are already putting me... I, I thought I was going to be able to relax. <laughs> we, thought, we thought you were a pro. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I am. I am. Okay, it is it is Howard Hawks's, uh classic Ball of Fire starring Gary Cooper and the incomparable Barbara Stanwyck. Uh, written by Billy Wilder and uh, Charles Brackett. That's right. Yeah, Ball of Fire, one of my Mm. favorite movies, which I believe everybody who has been listening to this podcast is already pretty exhausted about hearing me uh, mention and also mention Barbara Stanwyck, which is probably the millionth time uh, that it's happened. And this is a full episode where we're going to do it all over again. But the difference is that this will be the actual topic of the the episode. So any tangents here and there, well, we're going to have to see if that even happens. But yes, ball of fire. <laughs> we're finally covering it, people. And uh, I'm glad to have Amy on for this uh, this this episode because I've been I had mentioned it so many times during Remember the Night that I got Amy to actually watch this film and it turns out that she loved it is that right amy yes it is and i uh i was listening to the episode and i kept thinking like why why is this guy going on and on and on about this <laughs> about this movie and it's not even the one that they're that they're covering uh, so that i i just couldn't believe the length of time really impressive kevin um and you really sold it because i i really did not only, not only did i watch it i watched it the next day so that's you watched it again the next day. Uh, no, I, watched, I, watched it, 
I watched it almost immediately, as immediately as I could. It was my next film, basically. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think it's, well, I could be wrong about it, but it doesn't seem to be one of the uh, Howard Hawks movies that gets talked about very much, as opposed to stuff like His Girl Friday or Only Angels Have Wings or the famous and we all love this one, Ben, especially Rio Bravo, a big yes, one. sir. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is this is a uh, hot take. This is his second best movie. Oh, is that true? Uh, really? You think that's, so? That's what I'm going with, man. Oh shit! Okay, well, look at that. I think everyone's gonna love this movie. Yeah. I just, anyway, let me I just, watched all those yeah. this month. Uh, I guess we're yeah, getting you were on it, Chris and I. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on the release order, but we're gonna do. I think we're we decided to do a double release for the uh, the two Hawks movies we we have reviewed. But uh, I've watched five yeah. five of his this month, and this is my favorite <laughs> so far. Oh god! The funny thing is, good. I when I picked Only Angels Have Wings, I I had no idea or I had forgotten that it was a Howard Hawks film. So <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. Yeah, we we, we logged yeah. in that day, and I was like. Chris, shit, we we're doing ball <laughs> fire in two weeks, dude. <laughs> yeah, so that's well, on me too. You can't go wrong with a Howard Hawks movie, especially this uh, little gem right here. And um, but yeah, uh, it it you know, I mean, I think this is a uh, an odd choice among other people who like to cover uh, films by Howard Hawks. Ball of fire, uh isn't really one that particularly follows the, the kind of vibe that Howard Hawks exudes in other films, such as like comparing to his other screwball comedies, such as bringing up baby or his girl Friday. But let's uh, get into the plot of ball of fire before we even continue. So I guess I have the honors of uh, giving the listeners fire away, baby. Plot. All right. Get to the Kevin, get to the hoi toy toy. The hoi toy toy. I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> okay, people. So, uh, about Ball of Fire, it takes place in the heart of New York City. In New York City, where a team of eight professors, all of them bachelors except for one widower, have lived together in a busy residence like monks toiling away at crafting the next encyclopedia funded by the Totten Foundation. But it gets to a point wherein all professors must finish their work on time and very soon. However, such an attempt becomes halted after Professor Bertram Potts, the youngest professor of the group, played by Barry Co- Gary Cooper, I say Barry Cooper, stupid, Gary Cooper, brings home the sultry nightclub starlet Catherine Sugarpuss O'Shea, played by Barbara Stanwyck, to assist him in his research of American slang. However, little does he or his fellow professors know that the beautiful woman is actually seeking refuge from the cops until she can go off to marry her gangster boyfriend, Joe Lilac, played by Dana Andrews. Now it gets to a point where love spurs between the two and Gary Cooper's pots falls for Catherine and Barbara Stanwyck's Catherine falls for Gary Cooper's Bertram Potts. So it gets it gets in, gets to a point where the professors must actually outsmart the mob in order for these two lovebirds to finally be together in the end. And the way it all happens is a very, very delightful, delightful treat. And so, well, that is the plot. And 
I don't want to really want to say much more because it's something that should be watched as something that I always say in a lot of these episodes. But anyways, this is um, one of many times I've watched this movie. And for all three of you, it is your very first time. For Amy, uh, her first time was a was a real, real delight, as she said. But what about for uh, Ben, for you, you and Chris? What do um, you guys think about first watch? Well, obviously, uh, I started with the hot take that it's Howard Hawks second best movie behind Rio Bravo, my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I absolutely adored it. It was great. You recommended it pretty highly, so I wasn't ex- I was expecting good things and you did not disappoint. Yeah. So, thank you for, re- oh, I'm for recommending. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh and... let Chris go. Yeah, I was just going to say my first impressions, I felt I actually felt this was more of a wilder a Billy Wilder film yeah, as opposed yeah. to Hoxian. It feels way more like a Billy Wilder movie. Um, Understood. Yeah, I so that's really I think my main takeaway, and I'll just I'll just start with that. Yeah, very understood. I mean, it it doesn't really when you look at pre. So I know that uh, yeah, Ben, you've seen His Girl Friday. Chris, have you seen uh, other screwball comedies directed by Hawks? And it goes for you too, Amy. The... Yes, uh, bringing up baby. Yeah. That's him. Correct? Bringing up baby. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. And Amy, have it's you been... have you seen other? I've I've definitely seen Bringing Up Baby, and then uh-huh. um, I for I I'm trying to think um, uh, there's like <clears throat> Tab and Have Not right, which isn't Screwball, and then there's Rio Bravo. What else is What else is considered a Screwball comedy that he's done? His Girl Friday. Would be, uh, His Girl Friday. Just, yep. Just yeah. those two. Yeah. Mm, I know there's others, but they're, uh, <laughs> there are still some Hawks uh, films that I have not seen yet myself. But the ones that come yeah. to mind easily would be His Girl Friday and Bringing Up Baby. To me, those two, I think of Cary Grant more than I think of him, honestly. Mm. Yeah, um, that's fair, too. I'd agree with so, that. And Cary is, like, very different from Gary. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they're very different uh sort of leading men because i think in um well but i guess in bringing up baby as uh juxtaposed against this one they both have like very strong female energy um presences because Catherine hepburn is just as strong as barbara stanwyck so barbara stanwyck yeah the hoxian woman still exists in yeah yeah, I do prefer this one to those, though. Absolutely. But I have to go I, with Ben. I do, too. Bravo is, is, is absolute peak. But very yeah. different, obviously. I love that one, too. Yeah. Man, it's hard for, it's hard for me because I've got Rio Bravo up there, too. But it's like, man, I love Ball of Fire. I love that one. I love Rio. It's like, oh, boy. But, you know, I'm going to have to say it's like Ball of Fire would be my... I guess that might be controversial among the, the Hawks fans. But... um. Out of Hawks' movies, Ball of Fire is one that stands out to me among Kevin, the if you if you did not over. say that that this was your favorite, you're fired. You have to you have <laughs> to say that this is your favorite at this point. I have point. to. I yes. have to at this point. Yeah. You're obligated. I can't just like go on go through all episodes talking about this movie and then say, Oh, actually it's my second favorite Hawks film. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. Yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't yeah. be right. You're right, Amy. <laughs> it wouldn't be right. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's uh, one thing I want to piggyback off what Chris was saying about that he saw this as more of a Billy Wilder flick. 
Uh, I'd like to harken back to what I said in Remember the Night, um, because in Remember the Night, I brought up uh, how uh, Preston Sturgis, Remember the Night marked his final, his final uh, foray as solely a writer and not a director. After that, he decided, no, I want to helm my own, uh, my, my own material so that no one else tampers with what I've written. This, is, this goes the same for Billy Wilder. Uh, it, it was famously said by Billy Wilder that all he learned from Howard Hawks was cut and print, I believe. So it was like, well, he just, he was not really appreciative of what Hawks had done to his script and his uh, directing style. But even then, a, a lot of Wilder still shine through here. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Chris, like y'all, I'll let you take it from here because I think you've, I think you're a little more well versed uh, about Wilder's material than I am. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing up the connection to our Remember the Night episode in yeah. in the fact that we discussed Mitchell Lysen's direction yeah. with Preston Sturges' script and how Sturges abhorred <laughs> what Lysen <laughs> did with his material. Yeah. Um, even though we ended up liking a lot of what happened with that movie. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to agree with Wilder on this that I think... Oh, yeah. I think that um, I'm not sure Hawks was the right guy. Um, mm, only, only not that, not that he did a bad job. I just think that mm -hmm. um, I, this movie didn't feel very Howard Hawks to me, um, uh -huh. which I don't really know if I can even, I can even describe his traits beyond, mm. um, you know, beyond focusing on maybe like a specific, masculinity or something um mm -hmm. that kind of sounds vague but you know in comparison for example in comparison to only angels have wings hawks sort of juggles tones incredibly well there and yes. then he he focuses on the world that's inhabited by a very specific type of masculinity that is needed to um to carry out the job that those pilots have right and then mm -hmm. there's this really interesting dynamic between that lifestyle and then uh, the women that come into Cary Grant's life. So using that as a specific example, I think you can make some similarities here, um, but I'm, I'm still not sure I, I see a very strong showing from Hawks with what I've known, what I've seen from him prior, if that makes sense. I understand um, that. Yeah, I, I understand that. And I think, I think Wilder, so like going to your, back to Wilder, I think that um, you absolutely feel his material, but I, I almost feel like if he had control, he would have been able to really sort of tighten things up because he was all about the snappy dialogue, linguistics. Yeah. Um, let's not forget that he was... I believe he's Austrian born. So he was yeah. a foreign director who came to America and he was just coming into Hollywood in, you know, in the thirties um, and sort of finding his voice, but he was very fascinated with the linguistics and the snappy dialogue. And um, I almost feel like it drags a little bit here. It, it, not that it's that. again, not that it's bad. I'm just, I'm just sort of making a, a, a general critique um, and what I picked up um, knowing Wilder's, um, I also just recently watched another Wilder flick <laughs> called ah. One One Two Three. Um, uh, how was? <laughs> and and the dial and that that was that was fast paced. Like if you ran that movie at half speed, 
you probably still wouldn't pick up all the jokes. Oh, I see. You know, that's really interesting when he brought up like the snappy dialogue as a trait yeah. from Wilder. And it, it's very true. He is really uh, punctual with linguistics. But, you know, I was going to bring that up with Hawks, because when you look at his screwballs, like the aforementioned bringing up baby and his girl Friday, Hawks is also pretty much known for including snappy dialogue. And in bringing up baby, his girl Friday, especially. And Ben, I think you can attest to this one, too, because you, you recently watched it. It's almost like he wants to challenge the audience and try to make them keep up with the events unfolding on screen. There, yeah, the, I would. Dialogue, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree with your points there. Um, those yeah, are fair yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Not but, to but cut it, you it, off. it it. Oh no 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 no. It's fine. But it, but it, it's so interesting when you look at uh, his girl Friday and bringing up baby with all the snappy dialogue and bringing up baby, especially with Catherine Hepburn's performance. Uh, from what I remember, you know, just a lot of twists and turns and cutting people off. And here it's like, okay, here's another scenario. Here's another scenario. And you would think that maybe Hawks and Wilder could have been a really good uh, duo, right? Because they yes. kind of share that in common. However, when it comes to Ball of Fire, the result is a lot more uh, gentle. Uh, it's, it's, it's a screwball comedy that's sort of anathema to... Uh, the previous ones that we just mentioned, it's he's a lot more gentle on the hilarity of it all, and it's a lot more relaxed. Uh, it's a lot more it's a lot more silky, um, but you you wouldn't expect that it would turn out this way when you look at the uh, the the history of Billy Wilder and and Howard Hawks. So that it's it's something really interesting to to think about. Like why why is that? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something interesting to think about. Um, I'll I'll throw the question to uh, Amy and Ben. If what your guys' thoughts are, I don't know how much experience you have with Wilder, Amy. I think you have quite a bit. Um, ben, I'm not so sure, but uh, what did you guys think about the Billy Wilder script? I don't. Um, I mean, you go first. <laughs> you go first. I, I mean, I, I was just gonna say I, I I saw that Billy Wilder was on the script uh, with. I think you said Charles Brackett, Amy earlier. Yeah. Uh, not no relation to Lee Brackett, but another Hawks uh, collaborator. Yeah, no. Um, didn't notice it. Didn't care. Don't give a shit. I mean, it was a great movie, <laughs> honestly. And I do Love not. It. I I I'm do so not. Glad Ben I, loves this movie. I do not like His Girl Friday is some of the most overrated stuff I've ever seen. I was like, wow, <laughs> that was it. Okay, like no, I don't like the the quick snappy, just like machine gun firing all the time like that was that whole movie uh -huh. it was just like uh -huh. i don't like that this one gave there was a lot of places where there was that kind of dialogue in this movie but there's a lot of places to breathe as well which i exactly. really like exactly which yeah, i really I like and just I, I have so many damn scenes written down of that i just liked I, this movie was a treat as kevin did previously describe it i will agree and say it is Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna stop there amy uh what do you guys, what do you think of the billy wilder uh script no um i think kevin uh, i have to agree that um this is not as like acerbic uh is probably mm -hmm. the word i would use um because word, word. Uh, yeah th thanks guys you passed your um, sats then amy I majored in english <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> so, um <laughs> My favorite Wilder is Ace in the Hole um, with Kirk Douglas. And that one, that that script is very feisty. 
Um, I mean it's so that's oh, good. Man. It's really good. This in the hole is really good. Um, and then you've got like uh, what? You've got some like it hot Sunset Boulevard, Double Indemnity. Uh, the so he so the apartment. How could I forget the apartment? The apartment's, the apartment's yeah. my favorite. Billy Wilder. Agreed. Okay, but even even the apartment has um, an edge to it, like the, a, a rougher edge. So I think you're on to something here with mm-hmm. saying a uh, ball of fire is a lot more sweet toothed. Like it's yeah. it, it's like dessert. Uh, uh-huh. dessert so, water. so maybe that's the Hoxian part that I didn't see. Perhaps I I want to throw the que- a question now to Kevin. Um, yeah. To put you on the spot a little bit, what's how up? would you describe? Hawks's directorial style. What are his traits? I, I'm just going to throw that out there because. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. just want to so hear want to hear what your thoughts are. I say, I think when when I look back at it, Hawks is very quick. It's not just in dialogue, but in setting up scenes, he's very he, he he's very punctual when it comes to, uh, and then when it comes to setting up scenes, when it comes to blocking, when it comes to editing. He sort of has a, a, an efficient style, but also a very influential and a very impactful kind of delivery. If that's if that and if any of that makes sense at all. But with Hawks, I, I think I'll, I'll have to go back to what you said earlier, Chris, about like tonal changes, because Hawks is very much known for kind of whiplashing uh, people, and you go from one sweet scene to the next, but then suddenly you get hit with a very poignant and peaceful scene. Or you go from a very a very sweet and lovable scene to something that is that very a scene that pretty much gets you downtrodden. And he's yeah. very uh, he's a very playful director. If that's if if I had to sum it all up, I think Hawks is a very playful kind of filmmaker. Is that okay? Fair to say? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I, I think I think. You're hitting on yeah, because if I was to describe Hawks to somebody, I and uh-huh. I think everyone would probably describe him this way. We would say that he is the director of good ensemble pieces, which yeah, right, like Rio Bravo yeah. is marked yes. as like the all-time hangout film, right? So that's what mm-hmm, that's where mm-hmm. people I think would go when they describe Hawks. Right. Um, so if that was to be yeah. a directorial trait, then sure. Would we categorize Ball of Fire as a film that would fit that would fit that? Uh, uh, I, I think so. Maybe I, I think so, too. But, you know, when you take into account Billy Wilder being a part of uh, the writing team, then you you begin to see his traits sort of shine through and uh not really shroud the entire film, but hit points where it's like, oh, yeah, that was Wilder. And that that, too, was Wilder. But it's not all him. It's also a mixture of Hawks's playful kind of style. So, hmm, it's really interesting. I, it's it, it's kind of hard to explain. I think I think it's a little bit less hangout because there's so much plot. I I okay. would say uh I, I my my uh feel for the way the movie unfolds is it's very very plot driven. There's a lot of details that we have to know. Um, you know of the progression especially yeah. when it comes to Dana Andrews and that whole side of it. So I think this is a lot more, a lot more that way than Rio Bravo or only angels have wings. That's another one where you're just like s- sit back, relax. You're kind of chilling. Yeah. You feel like you're with friends. Yes. And this one, I, f- this one's not quite that way. I feel like, because it's, it definitely has a trajectory and it's moving on at a steady pace. Well, I think, 
to go off of what you said, I think you're right about that because personally for me, I don't think I would want to hang out with any of the professors. <laughs> um, or, <laughs> AKA the seven dwarves. <laughs> yeah. AKA the, the seven dwarves. dwarves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they weren't really, they, I mean, they were funny um, in their own way and they, they had their own, own little traits and they were hilarious when they acted out as children, basically when a woman walks into their domain. Um, but memorable, I, memorable. Scene. But I definitely wouldn't want to hang out with any of them. Chris, not even, odd, not, not even oddly, not even oddly's wisdom about, about marriage, about, uh, Hey, <laughs> I'll want to learn from oddly. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I thought of you, Chris, with the, with Clarence, you got to admit Clarence. it to see Clarence. Yeah. I was yes. going to say that too. Yes. Clarence. Yes. I love, I love Clarence. I, I can't, I can't not love Henry Trappers. So, right. so like the two, the two parts of the ensemble that I absolutely love, which is probably predict- predictable for anybody who knows me, is Henry Travers and Dan Durier, who yeah, I love Dan is Durier. just immaculate as Duke Pastrami. Pastrami. <laughs> Pastrami. Hey, how you doing? Pastrami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. where I'm at with that. Chris, the, the ultimate hangout film from Hawks is Hatari because it's three hours of them in, the, in Africa. <laughs> If you oh, want to, if you wow, want to, it's longer than Rio Bravo, but not as good. I, you should watch that. But yeah, I, I actually have, okay. I, I have Dan Durier written down too. And I just thought it was freaking poetic that they, they got the, <laughs> inf, the info out of him by making him laugh with that crazy, yeah. like, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, they, they, they were actually using a book to know how to tickle somebody. It's like, oh, yeah, like. He, in every single one of his movies, he's got that evil laugh just down pat. It's hilarious. He's so good at what he does. Like he's he's uh, sleazy, but he's like also ultra charming. Yeah, um, he was sleazy but lovable. He was not yeah. like that in real life. He wouldn't let his kids watch his movies until they they were like in their late teens. Older. Yeah, oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yes, I read about that. And he was married to his wife for like thirty five years um, until wow. her death. And then he oh. died shortly after that, which is sad. But um, yeah. beside the point is that he was not like his characters that he played. And he was notorious for playing the one of the henchmen guys in um, film noirs. Um, uh, and Westerns. Like. Westerns. Westerns. Yeah. Yep. I love Dan Durier. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. Also, I. Yeah. Also, uh, I was going to mention, too, another thing. Uh, signature for Ball of Fire that's different than the that his others is the DP was Greg Toland who did Citizen Kane the exact same year. Uh, yeah, I know. What a, what, what, what a what a sharp uh, what a big shift, right? You go from like the very very stylish look of Citizen Kane and the uh, technicalities yes. that Horson Wells try to have him do, and then you get to Ball of Fire, which is. I wouldn't say maybe simply shot. There are inter- interesting ways of shooting multiple characters on screen where you have maybe the side view of one character close up, and then in the background you see other characters in full view. I thought that was a very kind of um, intimate look uh, or an intimate feel, just a, a good way of capturing more characters on screen. It was just, uh, you know, it's, the blocking in this one I think was pretty pretty top-notch for... Um, and the way Greg Tolland captured all of that, still very, uh, you know, very charming. Yeah, I just thought that was so interesting. I was, I, I think it's, uh, it makes me think that a lot of the, a lot of that is Orson Welles. Like uh, a lot of Citizen Kane, it's pr- it's probably more Welles than more Welles than Greg. Tolland. 
Yeah. 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 Um, because the, the two aren't very similar except for what, what you're saying with like the depth, um, perception and the focal points and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it was also this, it's not even just the same cinematographer. It's the same year. The same year. Yeah. <laughs> 1941. Yeah. Yep. 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 I love nice little tidbit era. for you. Mm. <laughs> also very cool from a technical standpoint is Edith head did Babs's costumes, which mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 She's Miss big. Head, who always worked, yeah, huge. And she always worked with Hitchcock. So there's my Hitchcock connection for the, there you uh, go. For the episode. There we go. <laughs> there we go. We're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. <laughs> I was. Can't, can't help yourself. <laughs> I saw her name and I was like, oh my God. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah, I know. Miss, it said Miss Stan. I still remember Miss Stanwick's costumes uh, provided or crafted by Edith Head in the very beginning. Yes. It's like, okay, here we go. I think Chris is going to mention that. Hey, there you uh, did. <laughs> and that I did. That I did. Uh, did. <laughs> so this was yeah. uh, this was Coops and Babs's fifth. Well, this was their third out of five movies they were in together, which I thought was mm -hmm. I didn't know that they were in that many together. Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're a very, very good duo. Same year, I, mean, I think. Same year as same uh, as Meet John Doe. Exactly. Yeah, Meet John Doe came in uh, right so before this one. Got to drop in Capra films. Yeah, got to drop uh, the Capra line. You got to drop the Capra. We got to drop the Capra. There we Usual go. motifs. We got Hitchcock two, and Capra. Two of my favorite Caprian. Caprian. Yes. Two of my I've, co I've coined that for you, Kevin. There you go. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I can use that now. Caprian. <laughs> but yeah, two of my favorite directors, and they with two of my favorite films from them and so some of my favorite films from Capra. Yeah. Meet John Doe's top notch and Gary. Yeah. Two big hits. One right after the other, this one right after uh, meet John Doe. So and, um, I, I gotta, I gotta bring this up. So the whole point of the story is Coop's uh, professor Potsy is um, <laughs> he's, you know, basically discovered in this scene with a garbage man, that's a good one. Nobody's going to get that. Well, I certainly am obliged. I could use a bundle of scratch right now on account of I met me a mouse last week. Mouse? What a pair of games. A little in, a little out, and a little more out. I'm still completely mystified. Well, with this dish on me hands and them giving away 25 smackaroos on a quizola. Smackaroos? Smackaroos? What are smackaroos? No smackaroos? No such word exists. Oh, don't, huh? A smackaroo is a dollar, pal. Oh, the accepted vulgarism for a dollar is a buck. The accepted vulgarism for a smackaroo is a dollar. That goes for a banger, a fish, a buck, or a rug. What about the mouse? The mouse is the dish. That's what I need the moolah for. Moolah? Yeah, the dough. We'll be stepping me in the smooch. I mean the dish. I mean the mouse. You know, hit the jiggles for a little rum boogie. Please, please, not so fast. Brother, we're going to have some hoi toy toy. Hoi toy toy. Yeah. And if you want that one explained, you go ask your papa. That's Archie. This water's getting hot. Well, thanks again, gents. And if you ever want to get into a contest sometime, just call on me. Maybe you got the brains, but I got the box covers. Goodbye. 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 Come again. Goodbye. That my slang, he's the English professor, and my slang entry in this encyclopedia is totally wrong. Uh, like, he, <laughs> he, he did not understand anything that that guy said, which was absolutely hilarious. Um, but so vernacular... That scene completely just immediately right in my brain was the Three Stooges disorder in the court. Have you guys, any of you or Amy seen that? 
No, I haven't. It's been a while. It's been a while. That, I know that is a 10 out of 10. The be- That is the best Three Stooges. Uh, seven, I know what you're really. talking about, Ben. I know. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, he's it's like, been a while, though. Curly's on the stand. like They're in a court, and he's he's a witness, and he's telling a story. Allow the witness to proceed. The court understands him. Thanks, Cordy. You're a pal. Well, me and my pals, we're musicians. We were tearing up some hot swing music in the orchestra. Gail over there was swinging the fans. Her sweetie, Kirk Robin, was inhaling a bottle of hooch at a table. And a hoofer by the name of Buck Wing was getting ready to shake his tootsies. Kindly speak English and drop the vernacular. Vernacular? That's a doiby. Drop the vernacular. No, no, not that. Talk so the jury can understand. Is everybody dumb? Like he's he's just using every single word in the book, and the lawyer is saying drop the vernacular, and he's holding his hat, and he's like, "That's not a vernacular, that's a doiby." <laughs> so it's yeah. it's the best thing of all time. It's the best thing of all time. Oh, that was um, a really good impression, Ben. That was yeah, spot on. That actually, that actually was. That was yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was great. That was great. <laughs> Uh, I could, I got, I got curly down. I've been doing that for thirty years. <laughs> You've been practicing it, guys. Yeah, too much. But I gotta, um, I gotta look that one up. What yeah, it no, it, it's it dis- disorder in the court, and it disorder is on. Okay. It is on YouTube, I believe. So it's oh, definitely, very, yeah, very, and it's it's quick, seventeen minutes, probably something like that. So I, I do want to focus a little. This is up your alley, Kevin. But on, on Barbara Stanwyck's character, uh, um, yes, can't wait. So. I haven't seen every single movie. It's actually, it will be my, I think, 10th movie, ninth or 10th movie with her, which is probably since I met you, you've inflated those numbers a little bit, sir. Um, (laughs) Well, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. So she almost wasn't even in this movie. Uh, No. So, yeah. I don't know. So Ginger Rogers, frequent. Ginger Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. She's a frequent collaborator of Fred Astaire, declined this role, and they gave the script to Stanwyck, and she was like, yeah, I kind of like playing, like, quote-unquote, this is her own words, common broads, which I thought was kind of interesting. <laughs> and that kind of um, almost – I mean, I, I know there was the whole debate earlier about Hawksian versus Billy Wilder script and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. But uh-huh. I think the common broad thing is definitely up Hawks's alley. And it's kind of funny so It's kind of funny that um, Barbara Stanwyck is, wanted to play that you know, type of character. I, th- I think most of her characters are kind of like that in a lot of her movies. And I think mm-hmm. that has to do with just the way she was kind of brought up um, growing up. I mean, so many, I don't know if you guys have read her bi- biography or this, I've read the short notes or the, sorry, the sparks yeah, there's uh, edition, but I've read a bit. her mother died in a miscarriage. Her father left for Panama to go like work or something. And they never saw him again, ever like mm-hmm. just gone yeah. off the face of the earth. Um, believe, so she uh, she basically yeah, like raised her herself. She yeah, raised she, herself. Oh, okay. I thought her, I thought she was raised by her sister basically, and then at some point, and her know, sister yeah. died too. Her um, sister died too. Yeah, geez. but yeah, she was a very Rough like life. all of her portrayals and a lot of her movies have come off to me. But well, besides like Double Indemnity is a little different, but every other yeah. one is like she always plays. A, she's playing like a very strong willed woman, like a survivalist basically, and she's always yeah. She's got to do what she's got to do to like. To you know, sur- yeah, to, to make survive, it. quote unquote, but very much parallels her own life, and it, 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 when you when you look at it from that lens, you uh, sort of understand that's kind of why uh, Barbara's performance is quite effortless in here. 
Yeah. It's so smooth. It's so effortless. And you're like, wait, it, it just enamors you. And, but and then and, that, oh, that's kind of that kind of the whole I mean, she did five films with Frank Frank uh, Capra. And yeah. I think that he was definitely a huge influence on her. I mean, oh, she yeah, she admitted it she herself. Loved, she loved working with Capra. Yeah, she admitted it herself in like I think her AFI Lifetime Achievement Award speech that like Frank mm-hmm. Capra was the reason she was as good as she was. But I just see I don't know. I mean, that's just food for thought. I'm not sure if the three of you got, have you know some kind I of. That's, I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you can build off of that or not, but I just man, she's really a good actress in my. I mean, I I just loved her role here as a. Uh, Sugar puss. Yep. <laughs> Sugar puss. I, I, told my, I told my wife that, that Nick David, she was like, really? I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I do well, have to say that, that uh, Ben, are we going to be releasing this episode in March? Uh, this, is, this, is, this is coming out in two days, bub. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I just bring it up because uh, it would be appropriate for Irish since she's got an Irish name, right? O'Shea. Oh yes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 she yeah, she yeah, was exactly. a big Irish. She was a big Irish lady too, I believe. Barbara Stanwyck, Barbara Stanwyck in real yeah. life. Yeah, I think I think so. I think it was a mixture, very like English, Scots Irish, probably. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, Scots Irish. Yeah, yeah, a beauty. And such a beauty. I I I was going to say that when you said she wanted to play a common broad, that that like her character to me is is not common at all. In fact, I I it's like an aspiration to be as confident and sexy as she is. Like she is not like just this average sort of like girl next door vibe. She is very, I'm not disagreeing. I just think think the term like common broad makes it, it's like, she must've thought in her mind, make like, Oh, I'm just, you know, another, another woman. But it's like, no, like you're, she's like a ball of fire. Like she's a yeah, I mean, yeah. isn't it pretty telling that someone like I mean, I, Ginger Rogers barely know anything about her, but like she just turned her nose up to this role because it's like oh, I'm I'm above that because she were you know does all that Fred Astaire dancing exactly. musical stuff exactly mm. like it's a it, it's very like sweet and cutesy it's like it's like I don't think you would be right for a role like so this. I th- it, it, it I, wasn't just yeah I think the common Ginger Rogers yeah but I think the common broad in quotes thing is like. Oh, like we're actresses. Like this, this lady is just like a showgirl. She's common, you know. I, I was ve- very much a, like a, like a judgmental type of, you know, just write off of the of the role. I don't know. I I think Barbara Stanwyck was the only one that could have done it. I, I, yeah, she's maybe, just terrific. Yeah, maybe blue collar is the term you're looking for, Ben. Blue collar, probably. And those are not, those are not, not my. Quite. Those are not my words. That that's a quote, like a, a literal quote that they said that she oh, said they about said common broad. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't okay. me. So that's, that's coming from her. <laughs> that's coming from her and or her biographer. Um, I don't know his name, but the guy who wrote his, her her biography. Come on, Kevin, you're supposed to know this stuff. I know you. Be don't buy the biography. Isn't is, 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 is <laughs> that have, book? Right, the book's right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> that's not actually, dude. The the, the book that I have. Uh, it is a biography of Barbara Stanwyck. Don't you dare critis- lie! It, you, it's been criticized. It's been criticized for having such. It's such under your pillow at night. It's not under my pillow at night. <laughs> it's not. 
<laughs> but uh, you wish it was. But it you yeah, wish it, it was, it, boy. It, <laughs> no, no. But it's it's been criticized for uh, having these long-winded, uh, I mean, tangents about Hollywood, about other people, and that it, it's like I think it it doesn't really it doesn't really have as much of Barbara as one would hope. I haven't read the entire thing. Well, uh, she was yet, a very. You know. From the little amount, so I watched a documentary on her that's free on Tubi. You can find yeah, that yeah. the Hollywood Con- Hollywood Connection, I think, is yeah. the, like the series. And she, to Tubi. She, yes, Tubi, Chris's favorite thing in the world besides his family. <laughs> uh, he he plugs Tubi to, every time I talk to him. He's like, dude, Tubi's the best thing ever. It's uh, on Tubi. It, it is nice, <laughs> but no, on that in that documentary, they kept saying like she was extremely private and was sh- like really shy around people she didn't know. Like she was always. She was. It was, yeah. That so uh-huh. it kind of makes sense, but that the the biography is so light is what I mean. So, like, you, did did she even give any interviews? I couldn't find any. Uh, there was like maybe two or three from like the eighties. So she's almost exactly seventy five, eighty. There's not much to go off of, really. Yeah, she is, she was a very private person. Uh, uh, really Catherine Hepburn too, and Greta Garbo. Greta yeah, Garbo. Like, oh yeah, Greta Garbo. I know about that too. Yeah. Very private people, but I, they had such a, an allure about them. I feel like that's Agreed. really common back in like the 30s to 50s. Is like big stars, like did a lot of them. I mean, again, there's this whole addiction with their egos about they needed to stroke it all the time now. But back then, I felt like they were like, all right, this is the person I'm working. I'm on screen when I'm not doing either of those things and not in the public eye, like promoting a movie like i'm doing my own thing stay away from me but exactly. now now they're they play into it a lot now unfortunately but <laughs> whatever they involved in every they get involved in everything nowadays yeah that's right. oh yeah another thing i discovered from that documentary which i just have to mention which is crazy was she was like her life was so re- like hard she was smoking under the age of 10 she started smoking yep. that's that's wild she died that's why she that's died intense. yeah it's very yeah. <laughs> she smoked for every year of her life except for four, and I think she still what was she eighty something? Yeah, eighty two. Around, around eighty, eighty two when she died. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh huh. A lot of them. They smoked very, very early on. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and, she looked amazing at, in her eighties. She didn't look like she smoked. No, not really, because she was good she genes. was also exercising. Yeah, good genes. Uh, apparently, she, if I remember, remember correctly from what I, from what I read. As part of her biography, she was always on the treadmill every single morning. Uh, so yeah, she was she was still in very good shape. Uh, yes, she was. That she that that, that she smoked. But yeah. um, yeah, Barbara Stanwyck was. Uh, and also, just going back to the actresses who almost played Sugar Puss, it wasn't just Ginger Rogers. There was a uh, Carol Lombard. There was Jean Arthur. And there, there was, was uh, also Lucille Ball. Ball. Exactly, yes. which would have been really really. I would have. I can't see that. I would have hated this movie. That, no. I would have yeah. I would have really been so different. I don't Oh no, I think none I'm, of those I'm are like intrigued. screaming at me. I'm very yeah. intrigued by the Lucille Ball you think uh, so, potential Chris? casting. Yeah. Think yeah. So? Very intrigued uh, by that. Uh, yeah. It's like after this, I just can't imagine anyone you, else except for you Barbara fucking traitor. This is the Barbara <laughs> Stanwyck train. Come on, Chris. This is, this is, no, no, no. This no. Okay, so so don't get me Barbara wrong. Stanwyck waifu fawning over <laughs> Babs is amazing in this movie. I am yeah. just out of the names I saw. I am very intrigued by Lucille Ball having potentially played this role because um, I I am a fan of her, and I think that 
even if we say that we can't imagine anyone else playing this role, I could maybe see Lucille Ball being a good number two. Um, you know, at least would have been at yeah, least filling the shoes. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, Interesting. So that caught that caught my eye. Not to <laughs> not to uh, you know. I'm not throwing any shade at Babs. She's great in this movie. No, of course not. Yeah. It's so interesting because... <laughs> you uh, wouldn't I mean, dare. I guess I've mentioned dare. this... I think I've mentioned this before on, on the podcast, and I think, Amy, you might have heard me say this too. But um, my first Barbara Stanwyck movie was Double Indemnity. And uh, at the time, I wasn't really too... I love that movie. I really do love that movie now. But at the time, I wasn't really too keen on that film, and neither was I very keen on Barbara Stanwyck's character. But then, you know, it got to a point where, and this was during the pandemic, a college buddy of mine named Cal, and I think he might be listening right now, he re- he, he told me, okay, uh, next movie you should watch would be Ball of Fire. You might not like it, but I loved it. I love the characters, and I love the story. Like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And then I watched it, and then I just got completely floored by Barbara Stanwyck. And it's like, wow, wow, okay, this is, and this is where the obsession began. This is where, Desmized. this is where the, yeah, this is where I fell head over heels for Barbara Stanwyck. I'm like, wow, okay. How could, uh, no other actress uh, had, oh, you know, as of recent, had gotten me in the, in the same way that she did in Ball of Fire. And it just, like, it just stuck with me, just absolutely yeah. stuck with me. It's like spellbinding for you. Yeah, it was spellbinding for me. Yeah. Like, see, (laughs) my my first Barbara Stanwyck film was Sorry, Wrong Number. Uh, Sorry, Wrong Number. I need to see that one. I have that one on the watch. It's a good one. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. But she's definitely not, like, this sort of character in the slightest. So my impression of her was, like, not really... you know, uh, smooth, like attractive, enticing Barbara Streisand, uh, Barbara Streisand, Barbara Stanwyck, <laughs> yeah. like Lady Eve, you know, sort of like the seductress, Maybe. but, um, yeah. that one's a great one, but Sarong number, she's like an she's invalid. Like yeah, she's exactly she's an, invalid. an invalid. Yes. Yeah. 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 She, she's, stuck she, in, she's stuck in bed. Right. I mean, I don't yes. know the entire premise, but I know that she's stuck yeah. in bed and she's like, uh, it's, it's a, th- isn't it a thriller? It's a it thriller, is. and it yeah. has Brett Lancaster. Yeah, well, it's just, I love him, and so it, it is very good. It's it's excellent, but uh, but my I'm just saying, like my my um perception of what she could do was kind of like, oh, that like old lady from Sarong Number, like so. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> so this was like you, a major you had your shift, doubts, right? You had your doubts. I had my doubts, Christopher. <laughs> yeah. And Very then nice. they were just quelled like immediately right when she like hops in and starts uh, singing uh, drum boogie, like right there. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I've seen the cool. light. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've yeah. seen the light. You've seen what you guys are seeing, what I'm seeing, what I saw. Yes. <laughs> you consistently see every time I rewatch this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on again. Jeez, stop me. Stop me. Yeah. I'm a super fan. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, like, I was basically, like, yeah, I mean, I was basically feeling like Gary Cooper <laughs> every time, <laughs> especially in the scene where um, she shows up, she shows up at the, uh, at the foundation, at the house, and, uh, you know, Cooper leads her in and then he's like, may I take your coat? And then she's, he, she just immediately goes, yeah, thanks. And then she takes it off. And then you see Gary Cooper just stand back when he sees her wearing her uh, showgirl outfit. And it's like, oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> I felt the same way. And she does that really, um, that really cool, like, 
I can't do exactly. it. I can't mimic it. Oh, the, yeah, the, the, the little the wink and the tongue click. Yeah. The Howdy. wink and the tongue click. So good. That, that was, and, and I like how she calls everybody like kids and Kid. sweetie. Yeah, I love that. Daddy. That was awkward. I didn't like. I didn't like that one little uh, nick nickname, Daddy. I hated that, Daddy. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just really I like weird. The kids in the <laughs> or she's like, uh, she's like, what's buzzing, cousin? Like she just has these <laughs> cute little. Uh, exactly. I don't know. It's so. It's it's so cute and sexy. It's like you know exactly, it's, it's, which is it, a it, tough it, combo. It, that's exactly what I was it gonna say. Like, like 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 how can anyone like it's gonna be tough for any woman to pull that off, pull both levels off, and then actually hit you that hard. It's like no, exactly. she did really, did really really. I just well. I just like really how well. the 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 professors in that one scene. Hey kids, I'm stuck. Any of you can jerk a zipper? A zipper? Yeah, yeah the darn thing's stuck. That's it. Hello. Who are you? This is uh, Miss Bragg. Miss, did you say bag? Bragg. How do you do? Greedo. Do you know anything about zippers? No. Do you? Do you? Uh, well, I, oh, do uh, you? Do I? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, Professor Gurkha called. Okay. Well, it's, it's purely mechanical. Look, you were mad. No, I'm just a botanist. Look, kids, after all, you know, this is only a zipper. Come on, Gurkha. Well, I can try. Yeah, and the one guy's like, they like, they like, they're whispering to each other, and he's like, "It's purely mechanical." Mechanical. <laughs> it's just a zipper, guys. Oh, it's so great. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah, that entire cast, those professors, like that entire cast, like they're just so, yeah, they're just super lovable, super lovable. Um, and then so like when you see that, and then juxtapose that with Barbara Stanwyck, it's just like this soul force of nature of like cute and cuteness and sexiness it's like you're creating a, a like just a chemical reaction just like a really uh i don't even know how to explain it i don't know it's like you have to watch it to understand it's like it's just amazing it just it, it's just amazing to see that's why it's hard to imagine lucille ball although i know that christopher yeah. has an imagination that is only his own but i <laughs> i think that i think that lucille it would have been tough to do the um the sort the of dance or like the the singing no like the the like, uh, not she's not exactly a femme fatale but like lucille ball doesn't have anything about her that's sort of like, that way i mean I she's think, like, just, it would have been funnier yeah it would have been yeah, funnier I she's think... got a spunkiness to her i can I, I can see that in lucille ball there's a spunkiness but i don't think it would be made at the same level as barbara stanwick's kind of uh spunkiness magnetism I, I, don't know. Yeah. I will I will say it's, that I think when I throw that name out there or when people think of Lucille Ball also, just generally uh -huh. speaking, they think of old, late, later Lucille Ball as opposed to like Younger, before I Love Lucy. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, even before I Love Lucy, because she she actually did before she broke out with I Love Lucy. She was actually in a small handful of uh, film noir movies. I was going to um, ask you about that, Chris. Yeah, because I know that you, yeah. you're more well versed than those. Because like, yeah, every time at Lucille Ball, it's always "I love Lucy" and the "wah" kind of "I love Lucy." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, which which the funny part of her, I think, would have made her playful like uh -huh. Babs, um, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's also this really um, innate sexiness that she has that no That's one really ever talks about because uh -huh. so much of her life covers that. You know, mm -hmm. like it. It doesn't it's not really talked about um, mm -hmm. and maybe and maybe for good reason, only because that she was incredibly funny and she was she was so strong in other ways. 
you know. Yeah. Right. Uh, she, I, wouldn't call, I wouldn't call her beguiling. And that was like, that was one of the words that Cooper uses in Ball in Fire. Alley, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fair point. So it's just, it's just that sort of spirit that, and that's one of my favorite things about it is how she just walks into the room and they're like jaws are on the floor <laughs> like, the whole time, you know? I love and, the way, I love the way they're she placed. Knows it. Yeah. She knows it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's uh, that, I mean, there's that one part when she's dancing with them and they're going back and forth across the room. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I meant to look this up before the episode, before we recorded, but I, I feel like, parts of like that specific moment where they're dancing back and forth. Look kids, this is the tempo. That's right, hit it. Hit what? That's what I told you. Three, two, three. Ah, boy, Gertie, you're wonderful. Wing it, Professor. And um, maybe uh, one of the characters, I think the guy had either glasses or a monocle, that doctor. Um, yeah. Parts of that felt very like uh, it influence was drawn from from those parts that would later be seen in like Looney Tunes c- cartoons. I don't know if you guys kind of got that vibe, but uh, now, now that you're saying it. Oh, I see what you mean. You, like the playfulness of that, like when they were when she was dancing with them, that's really all I can describe it. Um, I felt like I've seen that before in like a Daffy Duck cartoon when he's like dressing up as um, one of those famous dancers. I I can't even think of her name right now. Um, (laughs) Carmen Miranda, when he's like dressed up as her and he's like doing like the cha cha or whatever. It's it just that's what it reminded me of. Kind of random. But um, (laughs) I wanted to say that I think that this film might have been influential in some way in that regard. You might you might be right. Yeah, I think you might be right. Also, the the thing about uh, how I think as to why Barbara was one of the perfect choices. I mean, as part of her uh, her her youth, she was part of the Ziegfeld Follies, and uh, she she grew up uh, teaching. Uh, she grew up dancing. She grew up teaching people how to dance, and she began as a dancer on stage, and eventually, you know, like that sort of uh, stage actor. And then she hit she hit the big time with uh, with the movies. So her turn as a as a showgirl, it you know she wasn't just effortless in in performance in in comedy and drama, but she was such a she. It, it was like it it required no effort from her at all to pull off uh, being the the center of attention when she first jumps in and starts singing drum boogie. It just. I don't know. It's like I I I think of a, about other actresses, and it's like I don't really know if they would if they would have been able to pull that off the way she did. Oh, I'm gonna have to in- and, interject uh, and say that wasn't yeah. her singing. I know that wasn't her singing. Yeah, but I mean the dancing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know you why know, they, why, why didn't they use her. Like she could sing. I don't know why I, they didn't I, use she, her. She she could sing, and there there are clips of her actually singing. But I think uh, I think Hawks just just eventually went with. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, it was a, I think that was a popular uh, method that filmmakers utilized back in the day where they wouldn't use the real actor's voice when singing. They would just opt for uh, a, a substitute. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Barbara's uh, voice wasn't strong enough. Uh, I don't know. Yo, going <laughs> it, to... it, it, it meshed well. 
I want to say going back to Drum Boogie in that intro yeah. number, uh-huh. I loved seeing Gene Krupa appear in the yeah, band. Yeah, I know, right? Big treat. Um, <laughs> that was that was awesome. Yeah, I love jazz. I so like seeing his face yeah. pop up was like, oh man, that's awesome. I had no idea he was in the movie. Um, nice little surprise. <laughs> that was a nice little surprise. And he had his yeah. own little solo, which was yep. awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Gene well, Krupa. Speaking yeah. of... Speaking of shout-outs, uh, Elijah Cook Jr., did anyone pick him up? you even know so who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about, Ben. I didn't catch him while I was so watching he, the movie. He's in that scene. Um, best known okay. for best known as the proud Southern farmer, uh, Stonewall Tory and Shane, probably the, you know killed by yeah. Black Hat Cowboy, played by, uh, as Chris would say, Jack Palance, I say Jack Palance because I'm cool, but it's not the right way to say it. Apparently, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm um, like Chris. I said Jack Palance myself. Yeah, I Palance, whatever. Damn Baltimore <laughs> accent. Um, yeah, so Can he played. That up? Okay. Oh no, I, I I had to I like went to a bunch of old fifties shows and seeing how people were introducing him. And I'm like, damn it, I've been wrong this whole my entire there life. Damn it, Dad. <laughs> my yeah, that's how my dad. Oh, man. How my dad. Palance. Jack Palance, Palance. I no, I can't do that. It's stupid. <laughs> Palance, <laughs> Jack Palance. Um, so he's the waiter that's dumbfounded when uh-huh. when Cooper's like, "Hey man, what is the name of that song?" Boogie. What does boogie mean? Are you kidding? He was in a lot of Howard Hawks movies. He was in Sh- Sergeant yeah. York. Uh, the big sleep, good one, yeah. The big sleep, a couple other ones, but he was in like that guy. He was in, he played Ice Pick in a reoccurring role in Magnum PI. So I just had to give him a shout out. Um, ah, big, big, <laughs> very small role supporting actor. But you'll, if you see his face, you'll recognize it because he's been in like everything for like 60 years. But, um, yeah, Drum Boogie, I did like that song, and I, I don't even know who Gene Krupa w- was, so I guess that's a sin to you, Chris. but Sorry, <laughs> he's great. Yeah, Gene oh, that's and, and, and legendary. Band. Legendary, legendary yeah. drummer. Like, if you know Buddy Rich at all, like him and Buddy Rich like changed the way um, jazz, jazz, like drumming was yeah. in jazz. Yeah. And, I know and Buddy Rich. Yeah, I know Buddy yeah. Rich. So, so Ben, there's a not to get too much off track here. There's a famous drum battle that they did on TV in 1952, I think. So, like, you should totally look that up. Which okay, is, which is pretty cool. I will. Um, if, if that intrigues you, so. Yeah, I will. I'll look that up. And to add to, to add to that scene even more, I like when they do that little like matchstick thing. That was a very interesting. Yeah, that little, was that yeah, was neat yeah. too. That was neat Love too. It. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was actually Barbara's singing uh, in that. In, yes, in, in that scene. That was, that was real. actually her. Yeah, that was. They probably her. just think she didn't have enough power with her voice to get like, that, the whole room. But that doesn't make exactly. sense because that's, that's what no, a microphone's for, bruh. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know. I guess it's just a decision that they made, and I think really yeah. it also comes down to, in the end, uh, timing with the schedule and also just audio-wise because they can't get the right audio uh, while shooting. So I guess like, when it comes to actually getting the getting the uh, the audio right and also within the limited time frame they have before releasing the film, I guess they just opted for a different singer. So or, that, or they, like my, I mean, only it was Martha Tilton who was pretty yeah, famous Martha in this. Tilton. So. Yeah, maybe they were just like, "Hey, we'll right. we'll get her, and that'll be popular with audiences somehow." Just to say, you know, we can just advertise that she's in the movie. I don't know. Right, right, yeah, exactly. But it it still worked out really well. 
yeah uh, I'm I'm switching gears and I'm putting Amy on blast. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! No, nah, Go it's, 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 it's it's I'm throwing a softball. Uh, question: Ver- Vernacular. Is there anything in the any favorite quotes in the movie? Any favorite lines uh, that just stick out to you that you like? Then I can't believe you asked me that because I literally was just looking at my notes and I was like, I hope they ask me about quotes. And then you <laughs> just said it. That is incredible. Ooh. Boom. Are you in my house? <laughs> wow. I, I, hey, I might be creepy, but I'm not that creepy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know because that was uncanny. Um, yes, in fact, uh, I do have some some lines that I really liked. Um, one of them uh, was when, well, a lot of these are actually Gary Cooper. Um, yes. But he, he says, he says that, uh, her her words were so bizarre they made my mouth water. I like that <laughs> one. And, and basically, anytime he, he's describing like her effect on him, um, I, I end up like uh, he says um, in one of the quieter moments that Kevin was talking about um, the quiet beats. He says, "You are a new chapter. In fact, for me, it's the first chapter. For what has my life been up till now? A preface, an empty forward." Very that nice. one's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um, I like the yum yum uh scene a lot. Oh, That's that probably my too. favorite scene. Can, can I get yeah. some more yum yum? <laughs> one of my one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> yeah. Not surprising, Kevin. Oh uh, yes. Hey, hey. <laughs> you should have <you> <laughs> <light>, known. <laughs> the light in her hair. Um, so yep, the yum yum part is really good. Uh and then uh there's like a throwaway line where she's like who am I to give science the brush? Uh, I like that because it's just like emblematic of her whole, her whole MO of she's some, some mix between being as, as intellectual as they are while also being kind of like shrugging off. It's not a big deal for her to be intelligent. So she's not haughty about it or arrogant, but she does say really smart things every now and again. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I love the line that the uh, that they're. Um, I guess she's not really their maid, but like the 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 kind of like uh, governess the lady, yeah, yeah, the yeah. housekeeper. Uh, she's like she's like don't yeah. look into the matter, look into the library. I love that line. <laughs> I, I, um, I have to, yeah, I have to agree with Amy on uh, on everything. But like the the yum yum part though, I, I love the entire conversation even before that when. Uh, Barbara walks into the room and Gary Cooper has to lecture her and tell her that she needs to go. And then he says, she needs to uh, leave. You know, unfortunately, yeah. that mind is attached to a very disturbing, disturbing body. body. <laughs> 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 I love it. I just love it. <laughs> unfortunately, we have sailed past that. And we have, instead of focusing on our work, we've been focusing on your ankles. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but that's like that entire, I just love the dialogue in that entire scene. So do I. Yeah. And, and then at, he says at, like, it, he's been acutely aware of her presence. Exactly. And, and, and he's also like, uh, Oh, Oh. And when she's like, you're the one I'm wacky about. Just wacky. Just plain, just that, plain wacky. Just plain wacky. <laughs> I love her. I I love the way, like, just her her body movement in that entire scene where she's trying to drive it home. I just I found that so adorable. <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's God. so charming, and yeah. uh, it, 
it is great with his just like level of resistance. And she's uh, like, oh, you know, uh, you had to get your the back of your neck wet. Oh, your hair exactly. was wet. It, you know, exactly. The way that it unfolds. I had to apply uh, a wet just... towel at the back of my neck right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, no, right after Gary Cooper says uh, that um, it's, you know, you, you, but your that mind of yours is, is attached to a very disturbing body. And then she just goes, and just was, I was like, that's I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I I like the simple things. Okay, anything Barbara Stanwyck, like a simple like eye movement. I'm just gonna get. Ah, oh God. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Barbara Stanwyck. Her breathing. Kevin likes it. <laughs> and then she has to get on top of the uh, on, like uh, step on top of the books in, in order to like reach him. It's just adorable. I the whole I know, thing it's is adorable. Just, I told, yeah, it's adorable, yeah. but but it's also like. Uh, I mean, probably for Kevin, this would be true. I don't want to impose, yeah. but I mean, it's okay. somewhat erotic as well, sort of. It is. Like, yes, it is. Okay, <laughs> yeah, and that's again, uh, kudos to Wilder because mm -hmm. I feel like he's combining two elements that are really tricky. It's it's hard to pull off a sweetness with that sort of vibe, and so I, I think that's what. Yeah, it's amazing when you do, right? Because you've got like that, that mixture of emotions and you're like, man, that was pretty magical, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And speaking yeah. of Wilder, and speaking of Wilder, his script, there's that moment too when they first, when um, Potts and Sugar Puss meet for the first time in her dressing room. And mm -hmm. she, you know, the uh, Durier and the other guy uh, go hide. And she, there's that whole scene where, she thinks that he's with the police yeah he's and the DA, so it's yeah. it's yeah so it's a classic like this is it was cool to see that this was like classic wilder that hadn't like fully developed yet um mm -hmm. but he, this was something he always did where like scenarios were built so that way uh one character is thinking something completely different and the other one is being tried and true and not really trying to hide anything um mm -hmm. but they're talking to each other and they think they're talking about the same thing but they're not yeah right so I, yeah I, I, I love that i really appreciated that and um that was a really good like small example because wilder later on in his career would like build he would build so much onto that and get really really good at it um so it was <laughs> it was cool seeing that moment there the beginnings of wilder and you see it uh get refined as uh as the years go by with his movies so yes. yeah, I I get that. I, I want to point out another one, uh, another uh, scene that I really do love is when, uh, is when Potts uh, gets, uh, she gets, he gets Miss O'Shea and he gets the garbage man and the and the uh, the newspaper boy into that room and they they begin research on slang, and it's the whole conversation on what corn means, on what corny means, and that entire scene yes. where they're trying to explain it to him. I love that scene too. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one. Yeah, uh, long Lord time corny. no see. <laughs> that that's Indian corny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, <laughs> maybe your baby's shoes into ashtrays. That's corn right off the cuff. That's I, I don't know. I, it's so smart. It's just so smart. You know, it's like candy. The, the dialogue is like candy. I love it. <laughs> Apologies yeah, if someone had mentioned this one already, but I also wanted to say that the, when she has her little monologue and she's talking about Potts and she's talking about like when she admits that she loves him, um, mm -hmm. the last line to that when she says love him because he doesn't know how to kiss the jerk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I really like that. 
that that is the uh th- th- that's the quote on the very front of the dvd cover <laughs> oh is it really it, it is yeah it's a good choice because it's a good choice yeah exactly it's great it's great it's yeah. great god you know it's amy like I, amy you were gonna say something yeah i was gonna say i also like how he's constantly uh correcting people's like it, split. it the split infinitives. <laughs> i love that the too split infinitives. and then like uh he says the thing about the um because of or that, that she's outraged yeah <laughs> yeah she's that she's outraging every grammatical law yeah. it's just the way you know obviously the love of language is just a huge thing that shines through everything it's it's mm-hmm. it's like you can just tell that's why I think to me the script stands out more than the direction. And maybe that's why Christopher, now that I've been thinking about it this whole time, that it feels yeah. more wilder because I think the script is outstanding mm-hmm. and uh, the verbosity of it. And it stands out to me a lot more than the direction. If I'm, if I'm watching it, it's the words Very that just feel. Maybe, maybe the words, way. maybe the words distracted you so much. You couldn't pay attention to the direction. That that could be true too, Ben. No, I, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. <laughs> no, I hundred I percent agree. Obviously, because um, it was my point before. But um, yeah, Wilder yeah. just has such a distinct, um, you know, there's there's physics cadence. to everything. Yeah, cadence and there's physics. Like everything's just bouncing off of each other, and it just sort of depends on what the frequency is. It could be a lot. It could be a little. Um, but he's right. Uh, this is early on in his career, but he's he's just he already seems like he's just a master at what he's yeah. doing. Um, he, he really and, took after his mentor. Yes. And who is mentor? Ernst I actually Lubisch. don't know who his mentor is. So Ernst Lubish. Oh, okay. Very oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, cool. that was Billy Wilder's mentor. So when you want, when you like, when I first saw, uh, the shop around the corner, that was my first Ernst, uh, film. Oh, and then yeah, so at Wilder. Uh, it's a, such a yeah. delightful Christmas movie that people should yeah. be watching. Guys quit watching elf. Go watch shop around the corner. But uh, but yeah, I mean, when I when I saw that for the first time, and then I, I it's like wow, okay, I, I see where Wilder takes uh takes influence from. He takes it from Ernst, and it's like yeah, I could see it right over here. Ernst has more of a punctuality to his to his uh clever dialogue and uh, scenarios, and then when you look at Wilder, Wilder sort of refines it and kind of smoothens it out, and it's uh, it takes it up so to another st- level. Exactly. He, you, yeah. you see, you see the evolution of that, and I think it's great to see. Well, um, and shop well, around the Christopher shop around the corner is one that you you had me see because you love that one, right? That's like, yeah. lo- that's like, love it. Love yeah, it. yeah. I I grew up with that one. Um, that was like one of my mom's. Like my mom would have that on on TCM, and she had like she also had it on a VHS, and like I just I knew that movie like as a Christmas movie, um, mm-hmm. before I knew It's a Wonderful Life. Um, yeah, so, I remember you saying that. Yeah. 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 So I'm glad you saw it because of my recommendation. It's it's, it's a phenomenal. I movie. did. Oh, Amy, yeah. you, you you recently saw that. I recently saw it because of Chris, and then. Uh, oh, you're like Ben. Yeah, Ben recently saw it too this past Christmas. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I love that movie. The same I, mode. Yeah. I only knew its connection to You Got Mail, which. You've got mail <laughs> at <laughs> that film. <laughs> yeah, that movie. I'm. I'm was, uh, uh, I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it. <laughs> it's like, uh, well, they did both. The Sleepless in Seattle was based on an affair to remember. And then I think they oh, even really? feature both. 
Yeah, they they feature in Affair to Remember and Sleepless in Seattle well, too, and, and then oh, and then uh, the bookstore that Meg Ryan has and You've Got Mail is shop around the corner. So yeah, right. Not well, subtle. Not yeah, not subtle. It's a funny because yeah. An Affair to Remember was Leo McCary's remake of Love Affair, his other film, and I haven't seen An Affair to Remember yet, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna love that one, but. Uh, before before that so one, Leo McCary. Yeah, I love Love Affair. I love Irene Dunn so much in that film. Oh and yeah, that makes I, sense with your oh, whole God. your mo. <laughs> My mo makes sense. What do you mean? What you talking about? You know what we mean. <laughs> I you know what we mean. <laughs> what? I don't know what you guys mean. Really? <laughs> don't worry about it. Explain it to me. Forget about. I'm it. really dumb right now. <laughs> yeah, you've got a, you've got a type in the in the 40s decade, Kevin. You've got okay. a, you've got a, Irene Dunn is type. like is it yeah is a, that like the, that goes like the, like the of, uh, yeah bossy spunky I don't know yeah. like no okay uh, okay okay I know what you mean <laughs> okay yeah, yeah I get it I get it I get it I do like Irene yeah. Dunn a lot too yeah but yeah, yeah I mean. Mm-hmm. But love affair, yeah, that's a that's a great one. Uh, the the uh, the restoration uh, is gorgeous too. Of that film, mm. I highly recommend that one. God, I need to watch. Yeah, that and he again. he did like uh, make way for tomorrow too, didn't he? I think that's that's I the love one. Liam McCary, yes, yeah, Liam McCary. Uh, yeah. It's and so also, good. Wait, Amy, have have you seen uh, the Bells of St Mary's with Bing Crosby and Ingrid Bergman? I have not, that's but I I McCary. know. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Like, okay, I'll have to write that I, one down. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen that one yet, so I should probably put that one on I, my I think list. You'll, I think you'll dig that one too, Chris. Yeah, that's a that, that, that's a great one. Ben, have you seen the Bells of Saint Mary's? No, I have not. No. Okay. Well, I, I recommend. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, all three well, of us. All three. Well, you. Kevin, uh, go ahead and talk for thirty minutes about this film. So that someone else who's listening to this will get, see it tomorrow. I'll see it. Oh, I'll gosh. see you next week. All right. <laughs> Another Leo McCary gem. Um, yeah. Uh, about a uh, about a nun and a priest, and it's about like the little. Uh, I what? Say, like, Mr. What? Benjamin. Father Flanagan. Uh, you Father Flanagan. Flanagan? <laughs> that, that yeah, one, yeah, yeah, that one, yeah, yeah. That one reference oh, in the beginning. Flanagan? <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> no, it's, it's Father Father O'Malley. Actually, <laughs> remember his name? Like, okay, so this is one that you really like. This isn't just like a mild like. No, no, I, I really love this one. I okay, really love this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bells of St. I think like, oh, look, Ma- Ma- Leah McCary does well with. Uh, I wouldn't say like just like he's not like well, we've been talking about Wilder's, uh, uh, you know, way of dialogue. Um, but McCary, uh, I-, I would say he's in, he he's somewhat similar, but he's very big into improvisation. Uh, he was known for some. There, there's a quote somewhere. Someone said that he was just really known for understanding uh, humans and just the way humans interact in real life, and you see that in his films. And he brings a level of just, I see it's so hard to explain, but there's like just a level of charisma with the way he sets up scenes and the way he sets up scenarios. It's not like I would say in the same, the same style as like the way Wilder does it, but McCary has a way about him that's, that feels very, it just feels very natural. Like I said, that, that, that's one thing. Um, Sounds like a crit. 
Sounds like Christopher's boy, uh, John Sales. When you say Christopher, um, if we're talking about the yeah, like from the writing aspect, that that I would say that sounds pretty similar. Um, Sales, everybody's just so natural. Like it seems like they're real people, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. They seem like they're real people, but there's also such a the, the level of charm and the level of like there, there's like a, a there's a romantic aspect to the way he presents characters, and it 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 feels so, it just feels so good. That's what I can say. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see you yeah. see that in, in in a lot of a lot of his work, like uh, Bells of St. Mary's, uh, Make Way for Tomorrow, which I need to rewatch. Um, love sad. Affair. Love Affair. Yeah. It's very sad. Uh, it's very sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah make way for tomorrow is like you just uh i think i think there's like a there's like an interview where um buck donovich was interviewing orson wells and they were talking about oh, he loves that film and wells was like it would make a stone cry like it, like it's just one of the saddest <laughs> yeah. things he's ever seen in his life it, it is it really yeah. is a sad film but a very um yeah, it, it's a God. I, it's I, moving. I need to, I need to it's a moving film. Yeah, very moving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, yeah. But yeah, Leo McCary. I recommend the Bells of Saint Mary and Mary's and, and uh, Love Affair and an affair to remember has been recommended to me by a friend of mine. I need to rewatch that one. Remake of Love Affair. And funny thing about remakes because Howard Hawks remade uh, Ball of Fire, unfortunately, into something. Oh, he did. He did called "A Song Is Born," starring Danny Kaye, and uh, what's her name? What's her name? Oh, that's supposed to be a uh, remake. Oh, interesting. Yeah, "A Song um, Is Born." Virginia yeah. Virginia Mayo. It's Benny Virginia Danny Mayo. Kay, Virginia Mayo. Exactly. Yeah. Benny Goodman's yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I haven't seen it yet, but I hope to at some point. However, uh, yeah, it was a remake that Hawks wasn't even interested in making. And uh, <laughs> I think like he, he he was asked like why he why he made he remade the film and he said uh, he I only came to work on it because of the two hundred fifty thousand dollar paycheck. <laughs> but oh, he oh, wow. yeah he yeah I know but it's like he he didn't really want to remake the film. However, the studio I guess forced him to do so. And you know you have Danny Kane, Virginia Mayo. I haven't really seen much of Virginia Mayo. But then when you take when you take Gary Cooper and then you bring in Danny Kay, who's more of a I don't know. I it just it, it's not the same. It's it's just not the same. How can you, how can you replace them both? Yeah, they're very different actors. Yeah. Like Danny Danny it, K is like um he's like um oh my god. What's his name from Singing in the Rain? Not Gene Kelly. Donald not, uh, um Donald O'Connor. Donald O'Connor. He's he's like yeah. he comes across as like a Donald O'Connor type. Yeah. Like they're just yeah. very mm-hmm. um very showtimey but um Almost like you wouldn't take them as a leading man, but right. they like they can totally fulfill that role. Um, it's just it's just different. Like Gary Cooper is um, not in Ball of Fire, but Gary Cooper is obviously known for playing the stoic type. Exactly, and I, I was going to mention that too because Gary Cooper was playing against type in Ball of Fire, and I thought he did a very good job. I think uh, wouldn't just I think Gary Cooper kind of gets. And this might be wrong to say, but I feel like people might see Gary Cooper in just one light. Like people know him from High Noon. People know him as, as you said, Chris, the stoic kind of character. But when you see him in Ball of Fire, you kind of see his, you get to see his range as an actor. 
Yeah, um, I don't yeah, know if Ben and Amy have. Type. I don't know if Ben and Amy have opinions on this. Um, yeah, what do you what do you guys think? I haven't seen a lot of Gary Cooper. Have you been? I've seen a lot. <laughs> I mean, a relative <laughs> amount, like ten. But I do. Oh think, my gosh! Yeah, that's a yeah. Lot. I think if you yeah. see, I mean, a lot of them are westerns, right? I think Gary Cooper. It, my favorite one with him in it is going to be like his role specifically would be the Hanging Tree, but that's really late. Gary Cooper, that's like nineteen fifty Cooper. Nineteen fifty nine. Uh, so uh, he's really he's older. But um if you want another like not so much, you know, typecast, everyone brings up the uh what uh, the Sopranos. The, the oh the quote, like, oh the the strong silent type. Like, yeah, whatever. But that's yeah. not that's just really just a stereotype. So the Pride of the Yankees, I think, is one where it's he's kind of definitely probably casted for star power and not like, Oh, this is role is meant for you. So it's very different. Uh, Try that one. But I mean, again, that's kind of like lesser known coop. I, I don't know. I, I can't I, wait to see that one. Yeah. I, I, I have, have that one saved. like the high one right now on my list is Sergeant York. I need, I want to get that one under the belt. But yeah. Yeah, dude. I think you'll like that one. It's a good one. It's a good Hawks. Vera, Vera Cruz with, uh, Burt Lancaster and oh, Burt Lancaster. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh. And yeah, that one with Coop and it's directed by Robert Aldrich. Really good. 10 out of 10. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. All right. That, so, again, that's, um, that's older Coop. This is, he's really young. I mean, in this one, he's only like what? 30. Yeah. Like I, I know all his, all his old roles. I don't know. Yeah. He's like 39 here. Maybe he's 40. I think okay. in Ball of yeah, he's Fire. around 40, 41 in Ball of Fire, I believe. Yeah, I know all his 50s stuff, yeah. so he's he's a little 40, bit older. Yeah. Um, well, I actually just want to th- say that I I appreciate that he was going against type here, but I I didn't like him at all. No, really? <laughs> yes. No. Um, <laughs> so to like counter what you're saying, what you were saying, Kevin, like I okay. I think it's really cool. I think it's really cool that you like him. I um, oh, yeah. so Chris might uh, have the lowest score today. Uh, oh, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe for some spoilers. But um, I I like I just could not. I did not like Gary Cooper in this. Um, least and favorite I think, Gary Cooper role. Uh, definitely, definitely my least favorite Gary Cooper role. And I don't know, like I've only seen, I think five or six films with Gary Cooper. So like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not like a expert on the guy. Um, and I've never like, I've never had anything that I've seen in the past where I like, I hold anything against him. Um, I just, again, I appreciate that he's going against type. I'm always for actors doing that. Um, I just didn't, I didn't buy what he was selling. Um, if that was making sense, I, I, don't know apparently you guys don't agree um so i i I don't think he's i'll agree and say he's not the highlight here um okay all right so Mm -hmm. i would say he's he's like the foil to barbara stanwick's like like barbara stanwick is front and center and he's just kind of playing tennis with her i I thought he did a a good job like yeah giving the ball back to her yeah like yeah. He he would serve it up for her and she just would smash it home every time like she was perfect. Yeah, so I mean I guess I guess it comes to a point where like you maybe could debate like how much is the character and how much is Gary Cooper cuz like he's clearly supposed to be be playing like a boring like humdrum humdrum uh you know researcher um a guy who's all about being in the books 
um, for lack of a better word, a nerd. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, how much for, is that? He's like, he's like Howard Bannister. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. So. Um, yeah. So that uh, good reference. Good reference. So I personally, for me, I don't. Li- I didn't like him in this. In this, and I almost wanted him to be played by somebody else. Who I have no idea. But um, that's probably been my biggest critique of the James movie. Stewart. James Stewart. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to see James Stewart. Play James this, Stewart. You mentioned yeah. it. I think that's how you make this. That's the only way you make this movie better for me. Oh man, Ben, that's a great you think suggestion. So? You think so? Yeah, yeah. James Stewart. Well, because because yeah. J- Jimmy's always the guy. He's always playing like those. I mean, later in later in life, he played the. Uh, you know, he he turned to westerns, but um. Yeah. Right. Right. Definitely James Stewart, not Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, James. James. Yes. Uh, I I think this is definitely a role you would see him play. Um, that's understandable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me um, for me for me Cooper really did stand out playing against type and I thought that Cooper knew how to play innocence quite well and still kind of keep uh, okay. his uh sort of that that sort of leading man nature um even like intact still. And I thought that was uh, that, that is pretty hard to pull off. So I, I think Well, he's uh, he's definitely a he's definitely a leading man type yeah. of guy. Right, um right. you know, no no shade there. Um mm-hmm. I I, I just don't like him for this role. I don't know, man. I That's understandable. I, yeah. I'm probably just sounding really dumb, not actually articulating what I'm trying to say here, but <laughs> it's late. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, just, yeah, not for me, I guess not, not his role or him playing the role rather. Um, That's so it'd be interesting to see, like if I see more Gary Cooper movies, like where he stands. It, right. Exactly. You, you, yeah. You, 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 you might, you might see it in a different light, but I, I, and I totally, and I totally, this is a movie that I totally will rewatch. So oh, like, okay. I, there we go. I, I don't like, I'm not, um, if I've as much shade as I've thrown maybe so far, um, it, this is not in any way, um, something that I'm, I hate or anything like that. This is just like me being critical of the aspects that, um, held me back from a higher rating understandable yeah understandable yeah. yeah because i i gotta agree with you guys like i love babs 100 mm, you guys get what i mean about babs now that i keep mentioning her <laughs> yes 100 percent. like this, this film is, that <laughs> this could be i think this is a top two babs role from what yeah, i've seen from her. yeah 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 um Definitely. it's basically for me it's between this and the violent men which we the ben violent and i men. keep recommending to you yeah uh, i know kevin. i'll watch it i will watch um, it <laughs> or, or watch the four or watch 40 guns kevin 40 which is, i have 40 guns so yeah too yeah i yeah, need yeah. to see that one i need yeah. to see that one but this Samuel between this Fuller. and the violent men uh two totally different roles for her so it depends what you're going for but um this is definitely high babs material for sure. Definitely. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the important one. <laughs> Amy, That's any- the important one. Yeah. Amy, Amy, anything else to add? Cause I'm cutting us off. We're, we got to give. Yeah, I mean, I know you, I knew you were about to Ben. Um, I, I just think this is just wonderful and everyone should see it. I, I don't yeah. really have any more um, technical things. It just puts you in such a good mood. And I, I, um, my, my current letterbox is pretty abysmal, um, <laughs> as far, as far as, because I'm, I'm trying to prepare for, um, Oscar night, 
in a couple of weeks. So I've been watching a lot of nominations and they stink. And I, I've just, I just, I could have told you that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you need to waste so, your time with that, Amy. <laughs> I know. I, so I I turned on Ball of Fire this morning, and it was just like a palate cleanser. Like I right. felt just right. a just a like relief washed over me. To quote American Psycho. Wow. But um, so, so 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 you went from triangle. You went from triangle of sadness triangle to of sadness. ball of fire. There That's we so go. awesome. <laughs> Isn't that great? And I'm then so and glad. then. And then Christopher, I went from Ball of Fire to Jetta's insane movie for her uh, cinema club today, which was like a one star for me. Uh, sorry to Jetta, I know she listens to the show. I love yeah. you, but um, that was also so. I just got like Ball of Fire was really the highlight, and it yeah. had gone down before that, and then down afterwards. So I'm very well, grateful. I was, I'm happy this you love this today. Movie. That is yes. cool. So happy exactly. you love this movie. I, yeah, I was just making the highlight that you went from triangle to ball because it was just a clever <laughs> title. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay. <laughs> but it's, no, no, but it's cool. But it's cool. Yeah, no, no. It's good. Tra- good trajectory. Yeah. Sadness yeah. to to fire. So also. now you, now you got to yeah. now, now you got to watch a Spun- SpongeBob SquarePants movie or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Christopher actually did this. Didn't you comment like this, Christopher, where you were like giving me all these titles with shapes? Yeah, Christopher's way ahead of you guys. Yeah, so so Amy on Amy's review of Triangle of Sadness, I commented and I was like, look, regardless of how bad the movie is, they they set themselves up for a franchise. They could do all the shapes and they can hit all the emotions at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. You know where it's going to lead to. I I was like, I'm just going to ignore this and move on because Christopher's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, and apparently, apparently, Howard Hawks beat them all to it because they got ball of fire. So I mean, yeah, yeah, poetic, Fear. poetic, yeah, oh my circle goodness. of fire. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So, so I thank you, Fear thank you fire. guys for your timing, impeccable yes. timing, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm in the Oscar abyss, and well, one, uh, it, well, I'm it happy is dark. that this. I, I'm well, happy that thing. this film brought your so, spirits up, baby. Yes, it did. One more thing about the shapes and the fire. Um, we can do a little soundbite here. We can do a little soundbite here, Ben, where you can throw in uh, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. Just, Ring of Fire. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. One, you're making more work for me. And two, you want us to get copyright infringement? How dare you, sir? And then we can <laughs> slow the track of life. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep going. Just, Go SpongeBob's Pants is really good, though. I, I would not have thought of that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very good, guys. Very good. All right. Yes. What, what's the rating? Uh, guests first. What's what is the what is the uh, metric that you guys? Out of ten. Out of ten. Out of ten. Yeah. Out of ten instead of out of five. Oh, Ooh. I mean, just multiply mm. it by two, Amy. Yeah. I know. I, I'm. I'm thinking. That it's 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 hard math at 10:30 p.m. Guys. Very true. Um, very true. I'm gonna say uh, eight point five. Eight point five. Okay. Yeah, I, okay, I think it's good. which is really high for me. So, so yeah. if I if I were logging this on Letterbox, it it would be well. I guess maybe it should be a nine then because I do that, four. That's and a half. nine. That's a nine. Yeah, that's a nine. Out of Whatever the equivalent of four and a half is is what yeah, is what a, that, that then that's a nine. Yeah, nine out okay. of ten for Amy. Okay, Kevin nice. satisfied. Look, look at look at Kevin inflating his numbers here. Oh, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> inflating the so average. Much. 
<laughs> so, Amy, that's actually an increase from your first watch. Didn't you have this? As, uh, I think you had it four out of five before, didn't you? I did have it. I did have it four out of five, but I I was not in such dire need of, of cheering up. Yeah. 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 So Very this cool. was like a warm hug on a cold day. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we don't need to we don't need to hear Kevin's score because we know what that is. Uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a ten out of ten. Chris. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. I'm unfortunately going to be a little bit of a sandbag here, but this what? is with a condition. This is going to be a condition that I plan on watching this again for sure, a hundred percent. I have no, I have no withholdings on that. Um, I am going to be rating this a uh, six out of ten. Six out of ten. Right? Which is, is that right? Which is how yeah, many yeah, stars? Yeah. Three, that's three, out three, out of, three out of five. Three out of five. Okay, three out of five. Um, and and, and right. my two big complaints are um, Gary Cooper. Mm-hmm. Don't like mm-hmm. him in here um, for lack of me not being able to articulate that any better than that. And mm-hmm. the second thing is I, I don't see how Hawks benefits the picture as a director, um, which maybe not, isn't really a total critique, but I think Wilder's script just totally outshines him. And um, I almost want to see Wilder have directed this picture um, as opposed okay. to Howard Hawks. Um, and Lucille and- Ball. And well, and you know what? But but I like Babs. I like Babs. I think Babs is totally right. Yeah, Babs, Babs is, the is totally right. She's the scene stealer. But I would, I am very intrigued if having the idea that Lucille Ball would have starred in this movie, um, mm. <laughs> that that makes me wonder. But um, yeah, no, Babs is great. I wouldn't, I wouldn't replace her. I would, I would replace Scary Cooper in a heartbeat. Um, with, with Jimmy, probably. Yeah, Jimmy's a great suggestion. I would have to think about James. other actors. James. Um, right. Yeah, James. Right. I would have to think about other options for the time, but um, that's that's it. Yeah, Ben. What? what where do you stand? Ben, you, ben. Yeah, where do you stand, Ben? You're the final uh, yeah. say. Yep, I think final I know word. Score. Yeah, don't worry. I I already did the math, and we're looking good, guys. Um, okay. Okay. Eight point uh, no five. To me. Eight point five. Eight and a half. Wow. Okay. Okay. Nice. So okay. the average. So the we we, we will count. Uh, it's a first. We have a guest, but we the the guest's score is going to count towards the average. So the average score is an eight point three, which is which is high. Which I is think. high. Very okay. High. Okay. Very high. All right. It's got to be like top five for us for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Happy to assist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it, this will come up on on my letterbox. I'll put it at a nine, but it's an eight point five. Um. Very yeah. good, Ben. Which is the hot with the second highest? I think it's my favorite, my second favorite besides Rio Bravo. Which again, maybe I'm just not a Hawks guy. I don't know. Hot take. No. <laughs> well, so so it's interesting. It like um, only because we recorded the episode, only Angels Have Wings is my number two Hawks behind Rio Bravo. Absolutely. Oh, okay. All um, right. This Kevin, that, you weren't you weren't that's my in on three. that episode. No, um, I wasn't on that episode. No. Yeah. But I no, but I do I gave, love Only Angels Have Wings. Does Mark I, that? I, I yeah. Go on. No, no, I was just going to say I gave that one a 9 out of 10. 9 Absolutely. out of 10. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah hey, that, you can't. That, uh, you're you're spoiling You're spoiling the other episode, man. Now they're not going to listen. <laughs> well, good thing this is at the end. Only, only Angels Have Wings. Uh, only Angels Have Wings is, do you guys know the film critic Mike D'Angelo at all? Oh, yes. I read his review. Yeah. That's his okay. favorite movie of all time. Oh, like, is it really? That's his, that's his number one favorite film is Only Angels oh, Have Wings. It's great. like 100 out of 100 because he's insane and uses a 100-point scale. But, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Kevin, is, uh, he's yeah. – Amy brings up a good point. He's the What's top up? review uh, on that is movie. Is he really? So if you, if you go to Letterbox, yeah, Michael – I think he's yeah. the Michael top D'Angelo. review. Michael D'Angelo? 
Okay. Yeah. Mike, Mike D'Angelo. Yeah, you should. Yeah, he's D'Angelo. my favorite critic besides oh, okay. Ebert. But he's great. Okay. He's great. And that's like his, his that is his one. number one. Yeah. Okay. He writes a good well, review. I'll look it up. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I have only Angels Have Wings as as a 10 out of 10 Hawks uh, for me as well. And that uh, that film does mark sort of a turning point in my life. Uh, so like I, I, I consider that kind of a, a personal one of my one of my favorite uh, Howard Hawks movies. But yeah, it has a great cool. ending. Yeah, great, great ending. ending. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. yeah, I got to say just one more thing before we close up that ball of fire. Is that okay? We've been talking about how much we love Barbara Stanwyck in this here, but I just want to mention is that like within the story, I just think that it was so beautiful and smooth. Going back to what Ben what Ben brought up in in earlier about her rough life and how that her her character here sort of parallels that rough life that she had as a kid, and throughout the throughout the film, you know, even through the deceit that she used, like that facade of love that she had for Gary Cooper's Bertram Potts, it's amazing to see how that deceit turns into a realization that she suddenly knew what she had been lacking in life, and that was to witness uh, purity of heart and to witness uh, a true love from another human being as opposed to the sort of life that she lived from beginning and from the very beginning of her of her childhood and all the way up to being deep within uh you know the New York City crime underground so i think the way that wilder wrote that and the way it all it all unfolded was just a very beautiful and very smooth way of concluding uh the film so yep that's just what i wanted to say and i think everyone should go watch ball of fire right now do it well said well said, Kevin. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, I guess before Ben cuts us off for good, uh, Amy, I want to thank you for being our very first guest and uh, joining us tonight. Such an honor, Christopher, and it's a pleasure to meet Ben and Kevin at last, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, at last. I think I think you might be like our number one fan too right now, Amy. <laughs> yeah, I, I really yes. love the Searchers podcast, and uh, I think... Uh, you guys are if if Howard Hawks did a podcast, it's it's you guys, the hangout pod. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> wanted, w- w- wanted to be a Ford, but she got me a Hawks. Damn. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's awesome. Well, so love it. no, that's that's poetic. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. And I, I again I want to plug her podcast, uh, watch this list. Anybody who is unfamiliar needs to go check out her first nine episodes and then also uh watch her unplugged series that she's currently in the middle of doing. Um it's a really great show, uh covers a lot of material and Amy's a great host. So also follow her on Letterboxd at Amy Henserling. Um it's, a, it's right. the easiest handle in the world, unlike yours, Zig. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so. I had to bring that back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Underscore M-I-R. Right. Yeah, I'm difficult. Right. What, what can I say? I guess this episode <laughs> is just getting... <laughs> Yeah, three out of five. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm such a hard ass. All right. <laughs> Not true. I'm the hard ass of the group, Chris. Don't take my no, role, man. Come on. Take role. Role. <laughs> yeah, no, I really. Quite true. It's been it's been great, great it's time, a, guys. It's been an honor, Amy. Thank you for being yeah. on. Thank you, yeah, guys. Time again, Amy. Pleasure.
Thanks for listening to the Searchers Podcast. If you want to hear more of our thoughts on movies, you can find us on Letterboxd. Ben at Giant13, Chris at Ziglet underscore Murr, and me at Kevin Chan. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and on searchersfilmpodcast.podbean.com. Until next time, people.